How's it going, everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. You might not know this, but before I record an episode, I like to break a sweat. And I do that using the ChopFit. Over the course of the past year, the ChopFit has allowed me to lose weight, tone up my body, and feel even more amazing about myself. A feeling that you should all feel about yourself as well. If you use this code, SpearChop10, you get $10 off your order. Once again, use code SpearChop10 for $10 off your ChopFit order. It'll change your life. Thank you. So, how's it going, everyone? John here from uh, Spear Talk uh, Podcast. Today, we are fortunate to welcome the incredible Shondo Blades, uh, combat mogul, entrepreneur, MMA actor. And I do want to say, when COVID hit, I started following, trying to look at different people's social media in terms of different people in my world, whether it's security or tactical, where it's like, who's putting out really cool content? Well, my friends over at Full Spectrum, a warrior, uh, recently, actually, you were out there trading with them, and I'm like, who is this guy that he has a look to him where he's having fun, he's incredibly rambunctious in, a, in an amazing way where you're just solely active, like, who is this guy? So I reach out to you and to have you on the show, and I'm, again, I'm just so fortunate you're here because you are very inspirational. Hey, dude, I, hey, I, I appreciate that, man, and I had a great time out there at Full Spectrum Warrior. Those guys are the best. Now, I kind of want to jump into this. You're someone, and I don't want to assume that, and we, I, I do want to talk about your 1% better every day because I think, I think that's very important for everyone to kind of adapt to that lifestyle. But when, how do you kind of stay, how do you stay motivated as, as yourself? Like, how do you get better every day? Uh, it depends. Like, I have different things that I'm always attacking. You mentioned earlier. Uh, entrepreneurship is heavy in my life. So all these different projects, I just understand that Rome wasn't built in a day. When I first started doing MMA, I learned off YouTube. Uh, I didn't have a coach initially. So it was just about me being able to do things that was going to get me better and not watch other people run their uh, run their race. So 1% Better uh, basically was born out of that, just being able to run my race, be able to get better in increments. And then over time, I look back and I knocked a bunch of shit out. Yeah, it's it's very inspirational, like I said, because you you dabble in everything, but everything you do is 120%. And that must be tough. Like when you have a when you have a bad day mentally or physically, you still have to know by the by the time you go to bed that you do have to believe, do what you say, but you have this other stuff, whether it's your fit your your fit to fall or all this other craziness you do. When you do you ever let yourself down? How does that weigh on you? At the end of the day. Well, I'd be lying if I said that there were days that I'm like, damn, I could have knocked this out or knocked that out. But ultimately, no, I don't because I don't believe in losses. I only believe in progression and moving forward. So um, what I learned early on fighting is that once something happened, your mind already has to be thinking of the next thing. Say, for instance, when I first started, a lot of wrestlers uh, would try to take me down because I wasn't naturally a wrestler. So the thing that you have to understand is, is that once they're already sunk in on the takedown and it gets to a certain point, your mind has to already go to the next set of moves. If you're stuck on the fact that, damn, how did I let him in on this single? Then you fucked anyway. You got to already be thinking about defense, cross face, boom, I'm out of there. Now let's go into the next sequence. So yeah, I have times where I'll be like, you know, I could have done a little bit more, but at the same time, because of that warrior mindset, what's next? That was, if I'm thinking of that, then I can't get to the next place. So yeah, I don't let it fuck with me too long. 
How, for someone that doesn't have that thinking, is that something you can instill or train to someone to work that way? Or how, like, would you, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. You can, you can train that um, really all day doing very simple tasks. Because the thing is, is that as human beings, we're going to naturally let ourselves down and other people down around us. That's just the nature of being uh, a human. But what we have to understand is that that's just a part of the game. You know, we don't, you don't look outside and say, damn, it's raining. You, you, don't, you don't focus on the weather as much. You just do what, it needs, what needs to be done to be prepared for the weather. You don't bitch about it raining. You just put on a raincoat. So it's, it's a similar thing the way I live my life. I don't complain about whatever's going on. I just put on the necessary clothes to be able to deal with it. That's all. I love that. And I think we can all agree that 2020 was a wash on paper for a lot of people with their industries, jobs, career. But from the beginning, I started this podcast in the security world where I can't watch bands or celebrities do their stuff because it's shut down. But hey, man, I want to stay active. I want to keep learning. I want to do something cool. I want to start my podcast. And here we are a year later. It's getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, I've always said, you know, I deal with a lot of people in the industry where they thrive on negativity. Oh, this sucks. I, they don't make themselves better. If you don't leave 2020 as a better man or woman, no matter what field you're in, that's on you. And for you, just seeing you grow each day with your posts and the different stuff you're doing, when COVID-19 first hit, did you kind of have an oh shit moment where it's like, okay, now I'm going to get in the trenches because now I can really work on myself? Um, I didn't have an oh shit moment. What I had is an oh yes moment. Like, because yes, when okay. things like, yeah, when things like this happen, there's a shit ton of opportunity everywhere. So the thing is, is that all you have to start doing is where are the plays? Where, what are, when, when everything is stripped down and everything is bare, you really get a chance to see what I need to invest more time in. That's when you talked about the tactical stuff. That's when the products and things that I had invented in that, in that space picked up. You had some people scared and wanting to be more safe, more fit, things that and the third. So it's all about when that shit hit, it was like, where's the opportunity? I didn't say, oh, you know, things are doomed. There was an initial trying to understand like how right. things will play out after. But as far as being like, oh my goodness, I don't believe what's going on now. Fuck that. Where's the opportunity and all the chaos? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it's it's just very fascinating. I don't get the, and I get there is fear with everything going on. And I, 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 I sympathize with people, but you do have to realize that you you have to live your life and why not live the best life and just keep conquering and being a warrior. And I just feel so bad for people that don't see that. It's just, it just kind of blows my mind that you should be able to get better every day with a pandemic, or without a pandemic. And it's just kind of, I just hate seeing people like wallow and roll around at the same level of mediocrity. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah. It's because I think that um, a lot of people don't live within themselves. See, I, I'm the type of person that, I could be having a great day alone or with a thousand people. I really could care less. You know what I mean? So what this did was it made a lot of people understand that a lot of their happiness is tied to other people and outer events. It's not tied to them being happy. Like you have some people that hate their fucking job. So they have to go to the strip club or the bar every day or do all these things to keep themselves on an even keel. So when that stuff wasn't available, that's when you see the depression come out because they can't make themselves happy. There were outer things making them happy. So that's why you saw a lot of that shit happening. 
when uh, one of the byproducts of that in the beginning was everyone shut down their gyms and memberships and people closing down. But something I've noticed on yours is you get your workout no matter where you can, parking lot, your uh, hotel room. You're, you've got this creative mindset of, hey, I can still get my workout in. Do you think this, it's just, for me, I've never been the gym rat type person. I love empty beer kegs, the big tires, the battle ropes. I love creative working out. And I've noticed that not only did my love of that fitness type kind of grow through this, but I don't need to go to the gyms. And this isn't a knock on obviously the gyms and these MMA training facilities and martial arts studios. Like I'm all for it, but people, they can't afford to go to the gym. They can still what you do in their own house. And I think people need to realize that. Yeah. Um, it, I probably after college football in 2010, for me, it's like, I, the gym is whatever. Like when I'm working out, I want to be gaining a skill at the same time. I don't necessarily right. care about doing a bunch of curls and all oh, shit, look at my bicep. I want to do something to where when I do it, I'm like, oh yeah, this will make me be able to knock a motherfucker's head to Pluto if I need to. So that's where my um, love for being able to train and do things in different environments. And then also in different clothes. I like to train sometimes in this, in the stuff that I wear throughout the day, people feel like, Oh, I got to put the tights on. I got to put this on. Sometimes I do that, but other times I train in my jeans or whatever I have on. Cause I just like feeling like a warrior at all times. Maybe it's, maybe I'm a nut, but that that's how I like to get down. So I don't need Globo gym to, uh, to feel like I'm getting a good workout in. You, I kind of want to talk about the training because it's one thing when you go to a firing range, as you know, where it's just static, shoot the target, okay, holster, decon, all this stuff. But you actually it, it kind of improved it by you can do all that stuff, but when you if you have to pull your gun, one, you have to know the repercussions of doing it, but you're not going to be shooting in broad daylight in a non-moving target. It can be dark. You can be fatigued. So you incorporate this thing. I want you to talk about kind of what you created, where it's like not only getting the fitness aspect of it, but the actual training with the uh, firearms. Well, I'm glad that you asked about this. So the very first thing that I actually got a patent on was the grip grip trainer. Okay. And it's basically a firearm, but it has a resistance like bungee type deal that's attached to it. And what happens is, is that through that, you work a thing that I created called Fit to Fire. And Fit to Fire basically birthed a martial art that that I also created called Roxing. And Roxing is wrestling, boxing, and shooting all combined. That'll be featured in Skillset Magazine this upcoming month, uh, actually. But it's one of those things to where I would see videos and different things of people training. And then I was invited out to Las Vegas to do the first ever sanctioned competitive gunfight. And then when I went out there, I went out uh, against an army spec ops guy and I beat him. And I beat him because I have the mindset of a cage fighter, just using the weapon. And it's like, hold on, this is the same. This, is, this isn't different. When I watch people at the range, they're practicing the things in separate skills. And it's like, right. these things, these things are not separate. They're all congruent. This is the exact same thing. Whether I have a gun, a knife, my fist, these are all weapons. It's just they're longer range weapons. Your fist is a short range weapon. A sword, a knife, or something maybe a mid range weapon. A firearm, of course, is a long range weapon. So I started training these things and putting them together, stance and everything, movement. And it was like, you know what? I'm not. I'm never going to a gun range and just standing on a line and just shooting a gun. Now, if if you want to do that, hey, props to you. Right. But for me, I like to practice like I'm gonna play. I like to practice in the flow of the game. I don't mean to get long-winded, but I started at quarterback in college. I started at quarterback in college for three years. 
And when you when you would look at a school, sometimes the guy that threw the ball the best may be the fourth string quarterback. He like, damn, he's got a cannon for an arm. Why is he fourth string? Because he can throw well, but in the floor of the game, he can't do shit. You may be you may be able to shoot tight groupings, but in the floor of the game, you may diminish. So my thing is that I want to be able to play and go with the flow of the game. Shooting tight groupings is great, but if you can't get to that gun, if you can't get somebody off, you sprawl, then shoot them, just do things to be straight, hey, then your skill set is shit if you ask me about it. I love that. We, uh, we just launched our training school in Florida, and we have a gun range and all this stuff. And obviously for state licenses for carrying armed, you have to do these these actual courses of fireworks, static, whatever. But my whole thing was, if we're going to do this, yeah, that's cool. But let's get dirty. Let's do the workout where you're carrying sandbags and you got to do this stuff. I know there's other companies like Full Spectrum and uh, Rick Hogg, Tactical, all these guys where it's like the shooting's one part of it, but training your body that when you do have to pull your gun out, God forbid, it's going to be a battle. And you have to train your mind and body for that. It's just, it's really cool, man. Yeah, I think I, I think that's one of the things that um, I, I don't know why those guys, because these guys, a lot of these guys are in that world. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, I, I don't get how you don't. But one thing that I do know from the inventive process, from being an inventor, the people that are going to make the changes generally come from the outside of the industry because their brains aren't so stuck on the way things have been done. My brain is not stuck on any particular way of doing anything because I'm not from that world naturally. I come from a fighting and athletic world. And then when you put the gun in my hand to me, that's just an added bonus because I could whoop your ass without it. But when you put that in my hands, I make that go with the natural DNA of the way I want to move. These guys have been in actual situations where they've seen fellow officers and stuff get their gun taken away. So I'm like, why in the hell would you not train to be able to fight just as good as you shoot when you've seen this shit happen? But right. they don't. It reminds me of that, uh, what was that uh, Gerard Butler movie, Gamer, where the video game person actually plays the human. It's kind of that mentality where it's like, this is really do this. Now, right. you mentioned uh, a f- like a first sanctioned gunfight. Could you kind of describe that to me? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so uh, in Vegas, it was during SHOT Show. I think it was 20, uh, 2019, because I think they canceled. Did they yeah, cancel last, 2020? Yeah, last, yeah. yeah. So it was it was 2019. Uh, and so basically what it what it entailed was is the place was uh, probably about 20 to 30 meters uh, long, maybe the same wide, you know, what I mean, a big square. It had different barrels and stuff like that that were in there for cover and concealment. You had an army spec house guy on this end. You had me on this end. You had 30 rounds of ammunition. The only thing that could end the round was a headshot, a knockout or a chokeout. And it was it was complete. Oh, wow. It, yeah, it was it was complete. I'll send you a link to it. It was completely different than what you would see somebody do on just a static range. And it, and, and what it did was is that as soon as that was over, the guys from the different military bases were like, hey, we need you to come out and show our guys whatever the hell it was that you did in there. Because I approached it from a fighter's mindset, not a shooter. Because when you approach it from the shooter's mindset, which is what he did because he was he's a guy that's been in combat so naturally he was like i'm just gonna shoot this guy but my movement was that of a fighter everything that i did the he could feel the pressure from across the room the same way he could as if we were in the cage 
So it, it was it, it opened my eyes, and I'm sure it opened a lot of people's eyes that were there to the fallacies that come with a lot of the regular training. Because the shit doesn't look anything like that when it hits the fans. So why the hell are people training that way? Now you mentioned creating this martial art and corporate everything. Was there yep. a a fear what, to say that? There's, I can't think of a lot of martial arts or athletes have created their own fighting system, at least American-based. Maybe not right. military fighting systems, uh, so, some of these other kind of jujitsu off-brands. But mm-hmm. that's got to be pretty badass feeling that you trusted yourself to kind of put this idea together. And clearly it works when you have people, mm-hmm. whether they're special forces or law enforcement, that are obviously highly trained, that feel right. like, man, what Shardos doing is, this is life-changing. Right. I- I, I think it's more so uh, because the things that I was saying were honest. I think that in the firearms community, a lot of guys, uh, they aren't really honest, whether that's they're not honest about their own shortcoming, shortcomings and their own skill sets, or they're just not honest about what it's going to really look like. I don't care how fast you can, you know, reload or how all of that shit, because it really means fucking nothing. All you have to do is turn on the video. You don't have to take my word for it. You can literally get on YouTube, pull up cops in gunfights, regular people in gunfights. This shit looks totally different. So to train in that archaic way is basically putting your life at risk, especially when your livelihood comes from carrying a gun all day. This shit is crazy to me. It is. I And I guess what and I totally agree with what you're saying. I think the reason why is that your type of training that you do in Vegas, these competitions where it's the combat training, there's probably money's involved in terms of people getting licenses and they want to kind of control the safety element of all, obviously firearms is a hot topic with everything going on right. recently, but right. your type of training, I think, cause they do think archaic in the sense that, Oh, someone could get more hurt now. Cause it's, you could get actually punched or kicked or you could trip or, and it's just like, would you rather pay for that training now than pay for something when you're not ready to write? Hey man, it's, it's pretty simple to me. My, my dogs do bite work. So the, the dog school that they go to to do the bite work, there is Tycal K9 in Houston, Texas. The, let me tell you about what I love about the training. It's so real. You go to some places. I don't know if you're familiar with the sporting world of, uh, uh, with the dogs. Yes, but, yes, yes. Okay. So, Sometimes you can have a dog that loves the sport, but if it came down to engaging a person that has no equipment on, sometimes those dogs don't perform. Uh, And it's very similar to what you talk about with firearms. If I'm just standing there and everything is static and, you know, it's just not, it's not a whole lot of movement involved. And then I try to, I try to take that skill set and turn it up times 20. It's not going to be there the same way for that dog. If all of a sudden somebody kicks in the door and they don't do the exact same thing as that decoy does on that training field, then they don't engage. So if you want to train for what it's going to be, just look at the videos. That's what we do with the dogs. The guys are throwing the dogs. My dog, you can submerge his head for like 30 seconds in the water. He won't get off the bike because people will do whatever to not get bit by a dog. So right. you have to let the dog get put through as much hell as possible to know that it can perform. Why wouldn't we think the same way when it comes down to fire? Put put somebody through hell. Even if they fail, they get the confidence to know that I've gone there. Now let me improve upon, you know what I mean, where I was when I was taken there. Yeah, it's, I, and again, I just can't stress enough the importance of that real life training and 
I mean, we, you, I laugh at the movie G.I. Jane, not for the fact that it's a Hollywood movie, but there's elements of that where it's like the real training with it's the waterboarding and stuff where I'm like, for whatever reason, I'm drawn to movies or documentaries that talk about like this very hands-on, full contact training. And it's like, wh- what's the chance of me ever being waterboard? Slim to none, right? But I kind of want to experience because what if like it's weird, right? How I guess I think differently somewhat like yourself where it's like these experiences, which sure you might not deal with, but I want to learn that when I was in secret service, one of the coolest things we did was if the helicopter goes down, you're in your seatbelt. How do you get out of the helicopter? It's underwater. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to knock on wood have to deal with that, but that training, why, why these life skills and cool training, like you talk about, like, why wouldn't you want to do that? It's just right. I think the number one thing that you get from all of this stuff that you mentioned is confidence and see confidence makes you act in a timely manner. Lack of confidence makes you hesitate. So I think that it doesn't matter what type of training it is, put yourself through it, whether it, whether it has anything to do with what you actually do on a, on an everyday basis or not, because what you get on the other side of it is a massive amount of confidence. When you have that massive amount of confidence, you're able to act. And I've seen it time and time again, whether it was with myself or other people, when people start to gain the confidence and the belief in themselves that they can actually fucking make a difference and make something happen, just like yourself, when COVID hits, you say, man, let me start the damn podcast. What the hell are you waiting on? So the confidence had to come from somewhere and you may have just needed that spark of, hey, the pandemic or whatever to make you kick it off, but you responded. If you had hesitated, then you wouldn't have started the podcast. You know what I mean? So I think that the training gives you the confidence to act. One of the interesting things I found that I think what scares a lot of people, like say someone someone that's not you with your mentality to win and trade and be a a warrior, but but they're really super talented, whether it is they they get your concept, but they they might be scared that they have to go up against a 20-year special forces guy or a tactical guy that's doing this whole life. And it's kind of like, I kind of, I kind of think that industry, a small niche of them, are so arrogant and ego driven that they don't let someone like yourself with your idea and concept that clearly works would be like, oh, what does he know? He didn't do special recon, and not to knock them, but I think some people with ideas like yourself get kind of, kind of like they don't, they might have the gumption and the the heart to do it, but they're like, oh, I'm just gonna get laughed at because I don't have the 14 tours or something like that. Right. See, the thing is, is that when I started MMA, I was scared too. I was scared to death. But the whole thing is that I understood that being scared and then doing it anyway is the name of the game, especially if you're a man, especially if you're a man. Now, I'm not knocking anything that women do, but for the guys that are listening to this shit right here, do it anyway. You're scared. Go anyway. You're unsure. Do it anyway. I don't care what it is. So that's what I would say to anybody that may have a little uh, hesitance in them because they're like, oh, I haven't done this shit. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I had never, I had never used a firearm in that way before I had gone out and done that gunfight. I'd never trained there before. I'd never practiced there before. None of that. But I went anyway because I know what MMA did for me. It gave me confidence after I got in there and got my ass handed to me in the beginning. I got better. So go anyway. If anybody's out there and they and, they, and they're hesitant, go anyway. Go anyway. One of the things I'm glad you brought up that I love on your Instagram, which everyone should follow Shonda Blades on Instagram, but you have, you're very outspoken. You're very motivating, but 
you also preach that it's if you're a man, it's okay to be a lion. It, it's okay yeah. to be a, ki- a master of your kingdom. And yeah. I think a lot of times people that don't that think in the smallest terms are like, oh, that's sexist or that's toxic masculinity. It's like, well, hold on a second. If I'm a lion, my girlfriend or wife, she's the lioness. She's my queen. Or this thinking where it's you can think that way. It's okay. And I think whether it's the media or these talking heads would be like, well, we gotta, we gotta, it's just like, dude, it's okay. If you want to be the top of the food chain, why can't you be right? See, I think the funniest thing is is that just like when we're talking about the the tactical stuff with the firearms, all you got to do is pull up the video. Listen, (laughs) I've been on earth 30 some odd years and I'm going to tell you what, the way I act, the ladies love it just fine. So God, they can say whatever the hell they want to about something being toxic. They love it just fine. These ladies don't want anybody who is unsure. By nature, women debate and think about a thousand things. That's why the, cl- the classic uh, uh, question is, hey, what do you want to eat? And she's sitting there for a thousand years not knowing, you know, because she really wants you to make a decision. We're, we're, we're arguing human nature, and it's always laughable to me when I see that because there's a reason certain guys get the girls. Whether you want to believe it or not, trust in it or not, I'm going to tell you right now, the guy that's willing to let his nuts hang will get a lot more opportunities to reproduce than you will if you let your shit shrivel up for your whole life. <laughs> now, the when you're uh, – two questions here. The first question, when you're, if you were trained for an MMA fight or, a say, a shooting competition or a, a competition where it's like you're, you're going against someone better – or not better, but someone in a competition. And mm-hmm. how – Mentally, physically, and spiritually, whatever you do, does that change between the events or whatever the thing is? Or are you always going to get that same headspace no matter what? I I try to get in the same headspace because um, even like when I'm having this podcast, in my mind, I still prepare for this. I didn't go out and physically do anything, but it's a a preparation. I want to be locked in. If people are listening to this, I want them to understand this motherfucker is locked in to this conversation and what he's talking about. So it's, it's very similar across the board. If I was getting prepared for an MMA fight, I understand that there, don't worry about it. That's my biggest thing because most people naturally are worried. You know, if they do something or make a mistake, they're so stuck on that mistake that it keeps them from being able to make it up. So the biggest thing that I think about across the board, don't worry about it. Second, stay focused on what you're doing. Don't let the, the, the little bluebirds who get in there want to take you away to where you're thinking about all this other stuff that's on the fringes, stay on what you're talking about, stay on the person you're fighting or the person that you're talking to or the targets that you're shooting and all the rest will take care of itself. It's the will of the gods, like the, like the, like the Greeks and the Romans used to say, just let, just let it be what it's going to be. When you, when Shondo is not doing uh, training with the dogs or shooting or MMA or whatever, and you're at home at night before you go to bed, are you a different person than who you are right now or when you're, you're doing your stuff during the day? Like, do you, do you have to hit a switch on and off before you go every day? Or are you always mentally, you're locked in, hey, if I got to sleep eight hours, I'm sleeping eight hours. Or the ninth hour, I got to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, it doesn't turn off for me. And only because this is the way I am. This is the way I'm wired and built. And if you're around me, then you have to uh, either be similar to that or you have to understand why I am the way I am. Right. I get up in I get up in the middle of the night. I may get on the whiteboard for two and a half hours because I had an idea 
in the middle of a, of a dream and it will go until I'm finished and then I'll lay back down or I'll continue to stay up. I don't have a set way of being, but I'm gonna go third person right quick. Shondo is Shondo at all times. Because I love all that. times is Shondo time for me. One of the, because uh, I'm very, when I go to bed, and I don't know, because I went to military school and the government stuff and the security world, but every time I go to bed, I feel like I'm not missing out, but I feel like if I sleep six hours, there's some guy or girl that just slept five hours or four hours. It has already got two hour head start. I mean, so mentally I'm always like, yeah, I get the importance of rest and eating healthy, but it's like, man, I, I there's something I could be doing. Is it, can you relate to that? Obviously? No, a- absolutely. But I think one of the biggest things is you have to, you have to do what your body naturally wants to do. And I think Correct. that a lot of times, People try to adopt programs from other. That was one of the biggest um, problems that I had with traditional martial arts. You walk into just say a, a standard karate dojo and you're watching 25 people do the exact same move. I don't have a problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is this guy's six four, this guy's five four. He's throwing the same technique as he's throwing. Is it logical for this guy's six four? To be throwing the same technique as this guy that's five four. See that that's what that's what the, the stuff that I think about. I'm really into doing what is organic to you. If you feel like you're missing out on something, continue to feel that way because that's organic to you. Some people can sleep for a thousand hours in a night and and love it too. I'm just not one of those people. It's not because I feel like I'm missing something, but just because I'm all it never stops. The ideas never stop. Now. I, I get the I get the version of you or picture of you that I feel like you could be, uh, and I I do want to talk about your acting and stuff like that. And but there's a I picture there's so many superheroes in my head or these action heroes from comic books or something where I'm like, man, this is this is you. Now growing up, did you have uh, role models or actors or movie characters maybe per se that kind of influence you to kind of think like this? Listen, I thought I was going to be a Ghostbuster till I was fucking 12 years old, okay? <laughs> so I, I, I literally wore a Ghostbusters outfit to elementary school and they had to tell my parents, listen, like, he can't wear this again. I used to bring a proton pack instead of the backpack. And so they were just like, listen, he's, he's got to wear regular clothes. Like, he's a distraction. It's like, hey, guys, I, listen, Shondo's 19. Like, he needs to stop. He needs to say, it's, it's about time. for you, You're not Peter Vankman at this point. Like, we need to figure something. So, yeah. <laughs> That that absolutely shaped uh, my entire life, and I love my parents to death because they act they they got into my world. Anything, not anything that I wanted from like a uh, uh, a materialistic uh, way of thinking. But if I said, "Hey, I'm gonna be this," it was like you goddamn right, you're gonna be that. Yeah, you go. Why wouldn't you be a fucking Ghostbuster? And I think that when people allow you to live in that headspace, it allows you to really maximize on whatever your ability is that, you know what I mean, of what you would uh, put on right. earth to do. And so that's that's what they did for me, man. I Ghostbusters, then it then it moved on to uh, uh, characters like Blade. And well, yeah. yeah, man, that's, that shaped me. That shaped now, me. Now, when you watch a movie, say, I mean, John Wick's probably top of the notch in terms of choreography, gunplay, martial yeah. art, all that stuff. But when yeah. you watch another movie or TV show, do you kind of sit back and be like, one, I could do that, but 
real life with no wires. Like, like what do you, I find myself watching some of these movies, specifically the secret service type stuff where it's like, that would never really happen. Or right. this is what should have happened. Is that something where you've kind of had an interest in where you could be kind of like a, a coordinator for like a movie or TV show where it's like, Hey, this is what real life is going to be. Let's we'll film see. this. We'll see what we're working on now. And, and what, and what kicked it off is uh, doing this partnership with Skillset magazine, where we were going to show some of the, the roxing techniques. I actually have a guy uh, uh, who's a director and we put together like a little live action scene for it. So we're going to build upon that. Because Love it. It's like you, yeah. Cause it's like, if, why not create our own action worlds based on the reality of what we know it is that still one thing that I've noticed from being on camera is it still has to have somewhat of a cinematic feel to it because a real fight doesn't look as good on TV as people would think it does. Like John Wick, the movements are very big because they have to be right. Otherwise it wouldn't look good. But as far as like, you know, Hey, this dude looks really good doing this. And I know that this is him doing it. Oh yeah. 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 I've definitely had that thought and we've already kicked it off. And uh, for those that don't know, Skillset Magazine, Ben is an incredible, uh, that's incredible magazine, BC Sanders, like the whole staff there is great. And uh, awesome, so that kind of leads me into when you did the quest on ABC and I recently, mm-hmm. I think Disney's actually going to redo it for yep, their app or whatever. Um, there, the, for people to know, the quest was like this Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings type meets uh amazing race i think some of the same writers i guess um yeah exactly right but it's very fascinating and obviously your role in it like you're one of the top people and you're kind of like when you do an event or something like that how does how fun was that for you because it seemed like you not only could you be you but you could also kind of be that kind of acting kind of fantasy world where it's like you're kind of getting the both best of both worlds that you want to do yeah, it was, su- it was super dope. Uh, and the Bertram Von Munster and his wife, Elise, who created The Amazing Race, uh, along with uh, uh, Mark Ordisky and Jane Fleming, who did The Lord of the Rings, they just, they created this world for people like me, not just myself, but for people that right. are crazy as hell and <laughs> that love to be physical, you know what I mean? Like, this was the place for you. So yeah, it was it was dope, man. We shot in Vienna, Austria for 10 weeks in an actual castle. It was just the whole experience was dope. And it allowed me to really bring some things out that that may not have been shown to the world. And it gave me, like we talked about before, more confidence to show people more, especially in that action world. Right. And you've done the music videos, commercials and stuff. And so is your goal to be the next uh, Jason Statham, Michael J. White, uh, whoever it is to be like, hey, this is a guy that the real deal, he's a real brand, he's a real kick-ass guy. I mean, is that your ultimate kind of thing? I will be the biggest action star on the face of the planet when this thing is all said and done. And I'm taking a different course to get there. I wanted to create products and methods before I actually, before things popped off on the screen because you can't come back. You can't you come back and you can't come back and patent a product like this because you don't have the time. I don't have the time to do the R and D on it and all that stuff. So I wanted solid products that were in the combat space already together, already through all their the R and D beta testing to where they were actually uh, to market. And then when you jump on the screen, it just heightens all that other stuff. I think that was a major leg up that Bruce Lee had on other people because he had so many things already in place 
before things really popped off on the screen that once he popped off on the screen, that's why you still hear about him to this day. And he didn't make many movies. Right. Like he had the, the schooling, he had this, this training, these philosophy where it's like, no, you're right. It's, it's very, for me, it's very kind of like, you have to, um, and we're, we're different fields per se, in the sense of I'm not trying to be an actor or you're not trying to be a, a bodyguard for some whoever, but it's, you're kind of like, if that you take that mentality, whether you're a chef or you're a teacher right. or a parent or a father or a boyfriend, you're kind of like build up your base and then you kind of reap from the hard work you put into it. I, and I love to see you just be so successful. And it's, it's very inspiring, man. It's, it's really Thank cool. No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the compliment, but that that's the, that's the thought process behind it because I've seen I, when I went to Hollywood, it's so it's so easy to get on television if you're if you have a certain thing that people are looking for. So once I got out there and I got cast to all this stuff very quickly, it was like, oh, this shit isn't it, this isn't the hard part. The the thing is going to be the longevity of it, how to be able to capitalize off the moment. I don't want to just get in there and play a character and they're like, oh, that's dope. And I and all I'm doing is waiting on the next character because that's what most actors are doing. They're hurry, it's called hurry up and wait. Cause that's what right. you do. But for me, I've got so many things going that whether it's a movie going on, a group seminar, a rocking seminar, doesn't matter. These are all things under the Shondo brand that I created and controlled and they all operate independent of me, but they're heightened with me. Right. And you got your merch line, which is awesome. Motivig. Um, so before I let you go, kind of tell people um, about your social media, your website, where they can get some of your products if they want seminars and all that stuff. Okay, it's very easy. It's Shondo, S-H-O-N-D-O, Blades, B-L-A-D-E-S. And that's on Instagram, Facebook, everything. The, the website is just ShondoBlades.com, S-H-O-N-D-O-B-L-A-D-E-S.com. You can get 1% Better shirts on there. You can get you a Grubbs Grip Trainer on there. We've got the, the Roxing stuff that's going to be uploaded to there, I think, in a, in a week after Skillset starts doing their stuff with it. It's a bunch of different stuff on there, man. Whatever you're looking for, if you're in the combat space, you want to be motivated, you want some things that's going to uh, take your skills to the next level, or you just want to look on there and say, Shondo's a piece of shit, I don't care because our energy is positive energy for me, baby. I love it. Uh, Shondo, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I wish you all the success, and uh, hopefully we do this again soon. Hey, big dog, I appreciate you for having me on this show, and 1% uh, better every day, baby. Thank you. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you liked what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, t-shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week. Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. 
Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.